That is awesome. So, hey guys, my name's Claire. If you don't know me, my name's Claire. So, so also, I just want to say it's Abiola's first ever time at One Youth. How awesome. She's awesome. And it's also Violet's first time at One Youth too. Woohoo, that's so awesome. And that's great. So, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Now, before we get into this word, let's just actually just open up, allow ourselves a moment just with God. So we're just going to pray tonight before we dive in. So I encourage you to close your eyes, maybe lift your hands and just get ready for God to speak tonight. So Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for being here in this room. We thank you, God, that you want a relationship with us, that you want to talk and speak to us tonight and God we just believe that it's not an accident or a mistake or just by coincidence that we're here tonight but Lord we come into this room expecting for you to speak to us so God I pray that you prepare our hearts you open up our hearts you soften our hearts to what you've got to speak and we just say God we're ready to receive something from you tonight Lord and we all said amen amen Amen. that is great so Awesome. So tonight I am just going to read a bit of a chunk of scripture before we get started. And it's found in Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 7. And who has their Bibles tonight? Great. I see some Bibles there. So it says this, Ephesians 4 1 to 7. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father over all, who is, I mean, one Father of all, who is over all, in all and living through all. However, He has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. So, if you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is The Character. Let's say it, The Character. That's how you spell it if you didn't know, The Character. So tonight, we're going to be focusing on Ephesians 4 verse 2. And it says this, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other others faults because of your love. Now, when I read this scripture or whenever I think about it, it always makes me just instantly think of character, like a character trait, like something on my life that I want to have is humility, gentleness, patience, and allow and making allowances for each other's faults. So you probably may be thinking, what is character, Claire? Is it a person from a book? It it could be. It could be a person from a movie, but that's not the type of character that I'm going to be talking about tonight. So the definition of a character or characteristics is qualities distinctive to an individual. So in simple terms, qualities that make it obvious to someone that it's you. Like some people might have the smell of perfume on their clothes and you you can shut your eyes and be like, hmm. I know that's Chloe coming because I can smell her perfume. Or, you know, someone might have blonde hair. That's a quality of them. You just know, oh, I see blonde hair in a hairbrush. Maybe that belongs to Esther. That's a quality that someone has. Something that's distinctive that makes that person who they are. So the writer of Ephesians, Paul, is telling us to have characteristics like these. To be humble, that's a characteristic. To be gentle, 
That's also a characteristic. To be patient and to make allowance for each other's faults. Also known as forgiving one another. So we read, um, so again, we learn in Colossians that we need to have a, have na- a nature, qualities that, have, that are distinctive to us, characteristics that are genuine, that set us apart from other people. So in Colossians 3 verse 12 to 13, it says this. It, it might come up in a second. It says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, as I was reading this, it really just hit me in the face pretty much, not, not literally, but spiritually and it says clothe yourselves with clothe yourselves with what does that mean or I'm going to tell you clothe what do you do with clothes right you chuck them on you wear them you put them on you you put them on your body because that's what clothes are made for they're not made to just hang in your cupboard to you know leave the price tag on there to keep them brand new you actually have to put them on to to use them right so Clothing is an action of putting on. It means to have on. It requires you to grab it and put it on yourself. It's a choice that you have to decide. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, the weather's a bit chilly this morning. I better wear a jacket today. You decide based on the weather what you're going to wear, right? Or maybe in the summertime, like like um, Flynn's wearing, he's thought, oh, it's a beautiful summer's day today. I'm going to put shorts on because it's a little bit hot. You choose what you're going to wear. There's a factor, the weather, that helps you to decide. And us as believers have the same decision to make. We say this, though. We say it doesn't matter the weather. We say because I'm called by God, because I'm saved, because I'm a disciple, because I'm healed, because I'm set apart, because I'm set free, because I know what God says about me. Because of all of these things, I choose to be humble. I choose to be gentle. I choose patience. And I choose to forgive others. The more you know about God, the more you understand his word, the more we can live a life for God. And all the more we understand how to have the qualities that Paul is teaching us, those qualities that are the same as Jesus, humility, gentleness, patience, and so much more. It says in Colossians 3 verse 17, And whatever you say or do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That is telling me, live a life for God. Live a life for God. Whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever your response is, do it as if you're representing Christianity. Do it as if you're representing the church, right? Because it's so easy to be the opposite of these things. Being from humble to being full of pride, it's just a quick little moment. From being gentle to being harsh. From being patient to being quick to speak, quick to judge, and quick to respond. From forgiving to holding grudges and holding unforgiveness in your life. Whatever you do, do it as a representative of God. And I don't know about you, but me being the church, I want to represent God accurately to my friends and my family. I don't want people to look at me and think, 
oh, she's a bit of a crazy girl, or she's a bit, like, a bit rude, like, she's unforgiving, but she calls herself saved, she calls herself a believer, she calls herself this, but she doesn't live that, because, this is just a side point, because actions do really speak louder than words, because we can say, actually, Pastor Josh, I do forgive you for running me over, hey, Chloe, I do forgive you for crashing into me, on my motorcycle, Chloe. But then if I'm just going around and saying, oh, Violet, did you hear what Chloe did? She robbed a bank. Because I could go around and I can try to dig her a deep hole to get her into trouble. But I want to just say, Pastor Josh, I forgive you and move on. Chloe, I forgive you and move on. I don't want to hold grudges because that is doing more damage to me than it is doing to that person. I want to represent God correctly. I don't want people to look at us and say, wow, they're full of pride. They're harsh. That one youth, oh, they're just a group of judgmental teenagers. They're unforgiving. You know, some people could look at me and think that, but I know who I am and I know what God says about me. I know that I need to lead a life worthy of my calling because I've been called by God. And I know that I've been called by God. And now you might hear, being called by God, I need to understand and you need to understand that it's actually quite a big thing. It's not just a temporary, just for fun, YOLO, just for a moment thing. The call of God is something that you should want to preserve on your life. To preserve the call of God on your life, you need to have humility. You need to protect it. It's not so that it's not just cut short and ended too soon. It's a decision that I have to make on my behalf because I have humility, because I have gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. I can walk in the call that God has put on my life. So be humble and gentle, it says. Matthew 5, verse 3 to 11, we learn about the beatitudes or beatitudes, beatitudes. I I Googled how to say that because I was like, I've read it before, but how do I say this? Anyway, they're going to come up. It says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. Look at this verse five. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And God blesses you, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. In this moment in scripture, it's not Paul that's teaching us, it is actually Jesus teaching us this, how to be a believer, characteristics of living as a believer. Jesus is teaching us the lifestyle of a believer. And it says all these things, those people God blesses who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. In Psalms 37 verse 11, in the Passion Translation, it says this, but the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace. That's telling me that humility equals inheritance. Humility gives us peace. Humility gives us promises and humility gives God's blessings. Humility is a characteristic that a characteristic that we need to have on our life. And Jesus describes himself as well as being humble and gentle. Matthew 11:29 says, "Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart." 
and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus, the Savior, wasn't proud. He wasn't harsh. He was humble and gentle in every moment. Let me tell you something. He was even humble and gentle on the cross as well. 1 Peter 2, verse 22 to 23 says this. He never sinned nor deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threatened revenge when he suffered. Jesus didn't retaliate. He responded with humility and gentleness. He didn't threaten revenge even in suffering. He responded in humility and gentleness. And that's telling me that humility isn't always easy. Gentleness isn't always easy, but it's always necessary. It's always necessary in our lives because we are in control of how we respond to situations. If our Savior died on the cross and still responded in humility and gentleness, I can do the same. And it says this in um, 1 Peter um, 3, verse 8 to 9. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Be humble and gentle. Be humble and gentle. Romans 12 verse 2 says this. Don't be conformed to the way of this world, but be transformed by renewing, by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're actually called to live different. So when we do that, we're letting God renew us. And God actually wants to renew you and call you to something new. When you let God renew your mind, you let his word teach you, you let his voice define you. Then the way we know we're transformed and renewed is actually by looking at how we respond in those situations, especially in times of disagreement and fighting. We say the old me is gone and the new me is renewed. We say, I used to retaliate, but now I can respond in love. I used to be prideful and boast, but now I'm humble. I used to be harsh, but now I'm gentle and tender-hearted. The next point, be patient. Something I just think of when I think of the word patience is the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. The short, tiny, little, tiny cutout of scripture there is just jam-packed with characteristics that we need to have on our life. Again, it's highlighting us and saying to us, you need patience, you need gentleness, and you need self-control. And the Holy Spirit gives us all of those wonderful gifts and fruits. Patience, you might be thinking, what does patience really mean? And it's, and it's meaning this, the ability to endure challenging situations or the ability to endure a difficult circumstance without changing your attitude, outlook, or becoming annoyed or frustrated. Patience is not based on situations. It's not based on circumstances. Patience is something that we have to be constant in. I want to be a patient person. Patient ign- patience acknowledges circumstances, but it doesn't depend on circumstances. We can also be patient when we wait on God. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. For those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. But for you, O Lord, I will wait 
It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. Wait patiently for God. Patience helps us to grow. We grow in resilience and persistence. And we can have the attitude of patience when we have gentleness and self-control. It's kind of like all four in one help us with the next one. So I'm sure I'm not the only one who notices when some people aren't really that patient. Like they just fight or they're just angry or they just kind of yell at you. I don't know. That sometimes happens with me and my brother. Like I will lose patience with him if he's like annoying. Does anyone else have that? Or Okay, only Ashlyn and Chloe and me. That's Oh, there's a few. Okay, I see those hands. That's Oh, they are. They are all but they have so much patience. I don't need to say this. Um anyway, but I can tell when someone loses patience because they get angry, they they act out of emotion, they say mean things that maybe they don't actually mean. But patience is so important for us to have on our life. Patience is something we need to have. We need to live it out. Patience should be a characteristic that shows that we live differently. It says this in Proverbs 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered person starts a fight, but a cool-tempered person stops them. Guess what that means? A patient person stops the fights, and a not-patient person starts the fights. I know that I want to be cool-tempered and patient. Let's be people who are patient, who are gentle, and who show self-control. Let's Let's be those people, patient and humble. And my final point tonight is make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make allowances equals forgiveness. So we need to be forgiving of our friends and family. It says, it talks about in Genesis, the story of a guy called Joseph and his journey to forgiveness. Joseph firstly was sold by his brothers to be a slave. Then he was accused of sleeping with his master's wife then put in prison. Then he was put in charge of the whole of Egypt. While Joseph was in charge of Egypt, he knew a famine was coming. For seven years, Joseph stored up grain. And then two years into the seven-year famine, Joseph's brothers who sold him came to him and said, Joseph, we want to buy some grain. But they didn't know it was Joseph. So they just said, hey, we want to buy some grain from you. Soon after, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers and he forgave his brothers for selling him in the first place. I don't know about you, but I've never been sold by my brother. Tell me, has anyone ever been sold by their sibling? Exactly. So none of us know what it's like to be pretend that we're, our brothers lied about us and said, he's dead, she's dead, doesn't matter, let's keep going. But Joseph was different. He had forgiveness He made allowances because he was called by God. He knew he was called. He knew his identity and he knew how to forgive. Personally, I probably wouldn't be too happy if I was sold. It would probably be a little bit challenging to forgive that. But Joseph did. Joseph was set apart. Joseph had patience. Joseph was humble and Joseph was forgiving. We need to learn how to forgive too, how to move past hurt, pain, even when it's hard. Ephesians 4 verse 32 says this, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven you. It says, be gentle, be forgiving, because we are forgiven by God. We are forgiven so we can forgive others. It says in Matthew 6 verse 14, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. We actually have to forgive people. 
even when it's hard. Forgiveness is a really big thing. And there will be times in life when it's gonna be pretty hard to forgive. You know, you, you have to forgive your family or your friends or people that hurt us. It's just the reality. But if you choose not to, unforgiveness will just stay in your life. And this, the truth is this, unforgiveness is really ugly. Unforgiveness is really damaging. It's unhealthy. It eats us away inside. It causes destruction. It causes disunity. And unforgiveness is not what God wants. The enemy wants us to live in unforgiveness, but God wants us to forgive. Forgiveness says, I'm letting go of hurt. I'm letting go of anger. I'm letting go of pain. I'm letting go of the past. And we choose to forgive because we are different. We're set apart. We're set free. We live differently and we love people. My final example tonight of someone who made allowances for faults is Jesus. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for you and me to have relationship with God. He says, your sins are forgiven. The shame is gone off your life. Your brokenness is healed. Your past is washed away. You are forgiven because I love you. Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for me and you. He made a way so that we can live in freedom. And something that I know, Jesus forgives. Jesus keeps no record of wrong. Jesus makes a way. Jesus washes us clean. He makes us whole. He makes us new and He saves Psalm 103 verse 12, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east from the west, no longer a part of our life, no longer attached to us. So let's be people who are forgiving. Let's live a life that shows how important, how important forgiveness is. Jesus teaches us that it is so important to forgive. And you've probably heard this scripture or even just this quote that, people say at school, do to others as you would like them to do to you. And that is actually a scripture that is found in Luke 6 verse 31. It says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you want others to forgive you, you have to forgive others too. If Jesus loves us enough to forgive our sins, to forgive everything that we've ever done, we can at least forgive each other. So as I close tonight, maybe let's just stand to our feet and we're just going to end in prayer tonight. So if you feel like standing, that'll be wonderful. <laughs> just before I pray, I'm just going to read Ephesians 4 verse 2 again. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let's just lift our hands and close our eyes tonight. Let's just allow God just to speak to us one more time. So God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the characteristics and the traits that you are teaching us in your word tonight, Lord. So we pray, God, that this week we can walk in humility, that we can be gentle, that we can be kind, that we can be patient, and that we can be forgiving, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you want us to be these people with these traits. And so, Lord, we just say tonight, move something in our hearts, move something in our lives that help us make it easier for us to be forgiving people. And Lord, we just um, thank you for what you've done tonight. And we just pray um, that we have a blessed week, that we can just walk in a new freedom, in a new way, Lord, um, because of the way that you love us, Lord. So we just thank you for what you're doing.
in our schools and in our church.